G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we'd like to connect with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is State Director for Family Voice for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg is back with us. Greg, welcome along. Yeah, thank you, Neil, and uh, good to be on again. Hey, Greg, I do want to talk about Father's Day, but just before we do, one of those issues that really has come to light late yesterday, uh, quite significant, where a Ballarat woman in Victoria has been arrested for allegedly inciting a coronavirus lockdown protest. Uh, you've been thinking through this issue. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the, the happenings there in Victoria? Yeah, look, Neil, I have been following this because... Um Quite frankly, her Facebook uh, video has now reached over four and a half million views by early this morning. So therefore, I had a quick look at the incident. And I think one of the things we've got to be careful of, Neil, is that this is a fairly contentious uh, incident as, as we all tend to be outraged by the, by, by the incident. But I think we do sort of need to chill out a little bit here, Neil, because we must separate the issue from the person. Now, I know the person's a female, she's pregnant, she's an expectant mum. That's not the issue. The issue is what she's actually proposing or actually doing. In other words, she's an anti-lockdown protester, and what that means is that they are suggesting that they get out to the streets, open up the the town, open up uh, uh, Melbourne, and thereby putting everybody else at risk, I think, is the real issue. So we need to look at this a bit more carefully. And the other thing that came to my mind, Neil, very interestingly, is I had a quick, because I have a great interest in this, I had a quick look at Romans 13. Again, which, uh, as you would be aware, what do we do when government tells us that we must obey, and in point of fact, uh, if if the government is fairly oppressive, we have to be very careful, because the Bible is very clear on this, if we take a, a biblical approach to it, and uh, as Peter wrote, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake, for every, op- every authority is instituted among men. So in other words, what we're saying here is that we've got to submit ourselves to a to a situation where where um, where where I'll give you a moment to just to. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a moment just to turn your phone off there, if that's yep, if that's your yep, phone so there. Uh, I know it's easy to lose yep. your thought, isn't it, when you uh, yep. when you have this. I, just, yep. I can yep. appreciate that people will be cynical about the arrest of this Ballarat woman, and uh, from what I understand on the post that she made, uh, calling for a peaceful and appropriately socially mm. distanced uh, protest uh, that would actually be on the streets and. 
And if you contrast that idea with, say, Black Lives Matter marches and things like that that were allowed a little earlier on, you can imagine why people get a bit cynical about the idea of an arrest in this woman's home uh, when all of these other things that seem to align with more the idea of uh, of uh, alignment with uh, the Andrews government are, uh, you know, when people are, are seeing this thing, these things happen, uh, they obviously uh, get a bit concerned about that. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, look, look. Let, let, let's be quite frank about it. I personally think the Andrews government has not handled the situation in Victoria well at all. That said, the issue again is, please, that we must separate the issue from the person. I think it's an overkill by the police personally. I think it's a way out of uh, out of out of context for for what's occurred. Uh, a warning would have sufficed, I think, or a or a please take down the post uh, advice or whatever. So, Neil, we've got to make sure that, that we look at the issue, not the person, and we also make sure that uh, we have to obey by government. Now, sometimes we don't like what they're telling us to do, but if you're taking a biblical approach, I think you look at Romans 13 and you also look at 1 Peter and you'll say, well, let's do it up to the stage that it contradicts Uh, the biblical thought. And Greg, I know that so many listeners will reflect on the wonderful creativity that happened at Anzac Day where there was no risk. Uh, Social distancing was taken into hand. There was a creative way of bringing that commemoration. And so uh, as Christians, I think uh, Mm. we have a tendency to say we do want our right to have our say. We don't want freedom of speech to be shut down, but we do have to be mindful that there must be creative ways that we can make our point uh, without actually putting other people at risk and I think that's uh, going to be an interesting thing to follow as that continues to to unfold. Hey it's Father's Day this weekend Greg uh, celebrating husbands, fathers and sons. You've been thinking through this issue how vital good fathers are to our society and how devastating poor fathers can be Well Neil this is such an important issue. In point of fact our national newsletter this, this week uh, written by our national director, uh, focused on this very issue on the importance of godly fathers to our society and to family. And in point of fact, I have to tell you that I'm actually writing a book for men on husbands, fathers and sons because it doesn't matter what category of those three you, f- you, you fall into, you will fall into one of them. And I think we need to identify and respect that a lot of the roles that fathers undertake has a great impact on the family and in particular children, Neil. And of course, this idea that males in 2020, uh, there is a almost a desperate search for gr- good male role models. And, you know, we can take role models off uh, our social media or the television, movies and YouTube we watch, but that's not always going to give us the best uh, role models. Uh, I often will point people to the idea that uh, in church life, you'll find great role models in virtually every church. Uh, there's a certain desperation, isn't there, for uh, this generation to have great role models. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you see young men uh, that have joined sort of gangs and desperate to search for a male role model to feel some sense of belonging, a some sense of family. Uh, you've got young women that prostitute themselves because they've, they've not had the love and affection from fathers. Uh, and, and, and they end up with a legacy of low self-esteem, relationship problems, lifelong depression, and it's important that, that, that we understand, in, in particular, Dr. David uh, 
Papineau from the uh, Professor of Sociology in, in the uh, US, uh, one, uh, Rutgers University, has said that fathers, especially biological fathers, bring positive benefits to their children that no other person is likely to bring. And we've got to consider that, that the role of the father is so critical in family and life. Greg, biblically speaking, a lot of people love to give some attention to a particular verse in the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, uh, which speaks of turning the hearts of the fathers to their children, the hearts of children to their fathers. There's something pretty special about that that is timeless and across all generations. What are your thoughts on the idea of being that person to turn the hearts of fathers to to their children? Look, as you said, Malachi 4, 6, which, which clearly says that, 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 you know, I pray that the Lord will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. Now, that's critical because one of the things I was, I was reading about is a chap called Rob Jenkins. He's a freelance writer, and he wrote this fantastic article. And, what, and in that article, he mentions, when you're done trying on your new Father's Day golf shirt, Resolve to improve the world one child at a time, starting with your own children. And in point of fact, even Prince William recently said that becoming a father was one of the most amazing moments of life. Having children is the biggest life-changing moment. And in that regard, we need to ensure that we as fathers undertake our biblical role undertake our role as a family, head of the family, and we undertake our role in society to make sure that we are role models, Neil. And just before we move on, Greg, I mean, this Father's Day, it is a celebration of fathers. Uh, But uh, when we talk husbands, when we talk sons, it's not called Males Day, it's called Father's Day. But I imagine that when we talk uh, those ideas of fathers, we talk about husbands. Well, husbands are often fathers and sons are fathers-to-be in some time in the future. There is a certain sense in which uh, there is a good thing about, in fact, celebrating all of the men and the boys in your family this weekend. Yeah, look, every one of us, Neil, that's why, actually, as I said, I'm mentioning I'm writing this book, Husbands, Fathers and Sons. Every one of us falls into that category. We're either a husband, a father, or a son, and in some respects, there's a relationship to a biological father, Neil. So it's celebrated by all, whether you're married or not, whether you're single or not. Uh, There is some aspect to celebrate Father's Day. Uh, Greg, let's move on. Uh, The meaning of life, Australians praying more during COVID-19. There's a bit of research that's been out, and uh, the papers have been reporting this. What are your thoughts on... Australians and their spirituality at a time when there's a bit of lockdown and tough times. Yeah, no, I am so so astounded by the way God works in our lives and in society because the Sydney Morning Herald, which is not known for its conservative views, in point of fact, it's so left-wing sometimes that I just, well, I don't even read the Sydney Morning Herald anymore, <laughs> but it said, it reported, and congratulations to them, that they have found that researchers reported People are currently praying more during the COVID crisis and, and, and in point of fact, the pandemic has led many people to reassess their priorities in life. Now, I think that's a wonderful thing because there's a report of one particular family that have been praying more at home together during the pandemic. They read passages from the Bible during their family meals 
during drop-off time at school, and in point of fact that this particular person that was interviewed by the by, by the researchers said that, that given the local Anglican Church forced them to assess their spiritual con- connection, she said that it reminded her that faith is also the responsibility of each and every one of one of us not just a minister of the church, Neil. And uh, this is not just uh, some anecdotal evidence or nice thoughts about what people might be going through in some tough times. Uh, there's been some real research done and, uh, you know, leading uh, social researcher Mark McCrendle and his organisation, yeah. McCrendle Research, they surveyed a, uh, a, a, over a 1,000 people. More than a third said they were praying more and 41% were thinking about God more. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Absolutely, and this and this research by Mark McCrindle actually confirms what I've been looking at overseas as well. People are, are buying more Bibles; they're reading their Bibles more. And in point of fact, forty percent, forty-seven percent said that they had thought more about their mortality and the meaning of life. Now, I think that brings people to think about God, about salvation, and about their role as a person in this secular world. So, I think it's a good thing. So. God does work in mysterious ways, Neil. Uh, Let's touch on another really important issue that is rising, and uh, it has to do with the Queensland government uh, funding the pro-LGBT legal service. And uh, this revolves around the idea that Lyle Shelton, who so many of our listeners are very well aware of, been talking with Lyle for years. We only had him on Uh, just a week or so ago and talking through these sorts of issues that are going on with some drag queens who are taking him to the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal. Uh, Your thoughts here, because this is all about who funds these sorts of legal campaigns. What are your thoughts here, Greg? Yeah, there are a number of issues here, Neil, and and our thinking is fairly straightforward. You know, at Family Voice, we are all about freedom of speech, freedom of conscience and impact and in fact, our freedom to express our faith. Now, Lyle Shelton's situation is really highlighting one clear point of fact, and that is that we do not have free speech in the true sense of the phrase because the deck is stacked against us. The system is rigged against free speech when you have an organisation such as the LGBT Legal Service, and I looked up their website and had a look, and they will fund freely and confidentially, and they'll provide legal advice to anyone who identifies as members of the diverse lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and intersex community. Well, what about the Christians? What about the the, the people with faith? Why aren't we funded to protect ourselves when we have to go to court? So Lyle's case has shown us that freedom of speech is at risk, we are really, really, we have the cards stacked up against us because we're talking of money, Neil, in the, in, in the vicinity of up to $100,000 just to appear before the Queensland Civil and Administra- Administrative Tribunal. So we Christians need to say, hey, we vote. We don't want this. We want a fair level playing field. Well, you know, uh, the sorts of terminology that you'll hear about some of these uh, lower-level courts uh, described as kangaroo courts, 
and uh, mm. always cautious uh, when we talk about the court system because it's so important to have a rule of law and a trustworthy court system. But there is a sense here, Greg, that so many people are starting to get quite cynical about our courts uh, with mm. the idea that the deck's stacked, uh, that the system's rigged against free speech. What are your thoughts? Yeah, funny you mentioned that because earlier this year, I think it was in February, I, I appeared, well, sorry, I attended the New South Wales State Supreme Court because uh, Bernard Gaynor, whom you will well know, has been also subjected to persecution by the LGBTI community. And I sat in that courtroom, you know, Neil, and I watched the three uh, Supreme Court judges and, and I was really amazed at the antagonism shown towards Bernard Gaynor's case uh, by the by the judiciary. In other words, the questions were questioning by the judges was very hostile. It was very, um, very sort of anti-Christian in some ways. So yes, the, the, the fact that you know we as Christians appear before courts, and whether they're lower courts or just tribunals or regulatory bodies, I think we're up against it in the sense that we are not being allowed to say what we like as Christians, and thereby our faith is being put at jeopardy, uh, even in the, even at the court level now. Well, Greg, when legal actions against Christians and, we might say, against the church are funded by the state, I suspect there may be a few Queenslanders whose own perceptions of the government might be, uh, might be swayed in that way. Uh, it is an election year in the state of Queensland and uh, to see this sort of thing happening and it's not only in Queensland where this sort of thing is prevalent but uh, for listeners all over yeah. Australia the idea of, uh, of the church and Christians coming under attack by state-funded uh, organisations. That's pretty significant. Hey, I want to point people to the Family Voice Australia website, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is the Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hey, Greg, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Yeah, delighted to be with you, Neil. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.